Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Cell phones, pay attention. I tell you, you start counting five like a sucker. Last episode, 25 through 1. Time to find out who I think is the greatest band of all time. So let's go ahead and start things off. Number 25, The Misfits. So I've seen this band twice. Well, it's hard to say that I've seen this band <laughs> twice because it was one guy from the original lineup. But still fucking great. But I, I mean, I would give anything to have been able to see them like in their day, like late seventies, early eighties, original lineup with Glenn Danzig, like uh, the Misfits are. Um, it's definitely like one of those bands that everybody knows their logo because if you've walked past a Hot Topic, <laughs> that shit is plastered everywhere. Um, but the Misfits' music is so fucking cool. Like it's like everything I like. It's like. 50s doo-wop with horror themes and i love i love oldies and i love horror like shitty horror movies so like they are the combination of both of those and like glenn danzig's voice is just so fucking cool like it's not a typical punk voice like it's very like elvisy like crooner kind of sinatra i mean it gets a little like you know Aggressive too, like a any you know punk band, but man, the Misfits are so fucking cool. All right, twenty four, Rush. Uh, if Star Wars was a band, it would be Rush. Like it, that shit is fucking like chick repellent. <laughs> like, oh man, there is not a fucking. I've never met a woman in my life who likes this band. <laughs> it's only nerdy dudes like that are socially awkward like myself <laughs> I mean there's there's no chick on this planet that's like hey let me listen to a 22 minute song about a fucking future society where music isn't allowed and a guy finds a guitar buried in a cave behind a waterfall <laughs> which is an actual song 2112 which I mean, even though it is like, I think it's 21 minutes and some change. Such a fucking cool song. And like Getty Lee's voice, like it's everything about this band. Like they do not sound like, it sounds like there's 10 people in this band. And there's three. There's Getty Lee, Neil Peart, well, used to be Neil Peart, and Alex Lifeson. That's it. Like, and then there's just all these fucking like cool little nuances. Like, of just like how they're genius like yyz the song yyz which is an instrumental and the beat is dan 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 like that's the beat so yyz is the airport code for toronto where they're from and yyz 
in row in um, Morse code is dash dot dash 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 dot dash 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 dash. So ding 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 ding. So they made a fucking song in Morse code of the letters that make up the airport code for the airport from the city they're from. Like who in the fuck thinks of that? Like Rush. God damn, the people are fucking geniuses. All right, number twenty-three, another three-piece, but by far the most famous three-piece band of all time, Nirvana. Like I, look, I have my opinions about Kurt Cobain. Um, as a musician and songwriter and artist, he's a genius. Like completely like, you know, people refer to him as a spokesperson for a generation. That is completely true. Like he is the face of like the grunge idea, the alternative ideas of the 90s. As a person, I think Kurt Cobain is a massive piece of shit. I think that he was a fucking junkie who, you know, didn't have the balls to like raise a kid I think I'd like I you know and I know that's like an unpopular thing to say because it said look I'm 27 and he was also 27 so I put myself in his shoes okay he starts a band and they become massive and he can't handle it fucking hates it doesn't want his music to be so big like wants to go back to playing clubs okay guess what asshole all you got to do is stop playing at fucking festivals and stop playing arenas and shit you can go play a club if you want to like nobody's stopping you i guarantee you there wasn't a club on the fucking planet that wouldn't have been like oh yeah we would love to have nirvana come do a set at our you know 200 seater club like that's ridiculous that he's like oh i just can't escape fame like what like what the fuck are you bitching about like i get it like it probably sucks to be like not able to go anywhere and they have no privacy but he definitely made that shit worse like you don't have to do interviews on mtv you don't even have to have a record deal like you could have gotten rid of that shit like you could have gotten rid of all the things that made you famous and yeah people would still know who you were but you didn't have to like play into the shit so and then for him to like kill himself like you have a newborn who is now not gonna have a dad and you know the person you're leaving this this fucking newborn with like you're leaving this newborn with courtney love like you think shit's going to work out. It is a miracle that their kid is like super well off, like, or seems to be like, yeah, I've never heard of like Francis Bean Cobain being in like any kind of trouble or like a drug addict, anything like that. But it's a fucking miracle that that happened because her only parent is fucking Courtney Love because you were like, oh, I'm, I can't handle being famous. Oh. And then fucking blow your brains out. Get the fuck out of here. Like it, it makes you, and then like in your fucking suicide note, you're like, I just can't handle the, f- the pressure of fame. And then you're quoting this fucking Neil Young quote: "It's better to burn out than fade away." And you know, you know who doesn't think that? A kid. <laughs> there, like I guarantee you, your kid isn't like. No, I think it would have been better if you faded away, <laughs> at least for like twenty years, so that I could have had a fucking dad. Like, dude. Okay, fuck you. But a great band. 22 damn 22 genesis man to 
have spawned two of the greatest like solo careers of all time is pretty amazing. And Genesis definitely did that. I mean, there was like Peter Gabriel and Phil Collins to both come out of that band and, you know, not even ignoring. So like Genesis. uh, So another band, like we were talking about in previous episodes of like having two iterations. So Genesis also has two highly different iterations. There's the Peter Gabriel era, which is the super prog rock fucking eight minute weird ass songs. um, Like the lamb lies down on Broadway, dancing with the moonlit night. Um, I know what you like in your wardrobe, like all those songs, which are still amazing. Um, what's the album? The first one selling England by the pound. Like you're making these amazing progressive songs with Phil Collins as, and Phil Collins is the most underrated drummer ever. Like people forget that he was a fucking drummer because of how, you know, amazing his solo career is and how good of a singer he is. But I mean, you go listen to like those first two Genesis albums, specifically the lamb, um, selling England by the pound. I mean, the drumming is insane. And yeah, so then they kick Peter Gabriel out because he's supposedly a bit of a dick. And you think like, fuck, like, I mean, Peter Gabriel had such a good voice and was such an amazing frontman. Like, how are we going to replace that? Well, it turns out your goddamn drummer <laughs> is Phil Collins. So all you got to do is just pull him out from the drum set and have him sing. And then their music skyrockets because they weren't like that big um, when, when they were with when Peter Gabriel was a singer. I mean, they were big, like, for fans of that type of music, but not, like, any mainstream success. Then Genesis, Phil Collins' Genesis, just takes off with all those songs, like Throwing It All Away, um, That's All, um, Land of Confusion. I mean, uh, like, fuck, I mean, there's so many songs. um, Misunderstanding, like, man, those songs are like 80s classics and to all come from like one band but really two bands is pretty damn impressive all right 21 iron maiden man yeah you can't you cannot beat iron maiden like which you know i mean i ignore like pre-bruce dickinson iron maiden which i think most people do um fuck like the only band I can think of that has a mascot <laughs> like I don't I don't know of any other bands that had a goddamn mascot but like Iron Man's music is just like it's I love the epic songs like I don't like indie rock and shit like that because I don't I don't give a fuck about it oh it's one guy with a ukulele boring <laughs> Like, I want to hear eight people on stage just doing crazy shit and making songs about, like, fucking battles and, like, attacking people and shit like that. And, like, just these epic, over-the-top, like, uh, operatic songs. Like, Flight of Icarus and fucking Aces High, Run to the Hills, Number of the Beast. Like, all these cool-ass songs. Like, Stormtrooper. Like, man... Iron Maiden such a badass band. But yeah, that's number 21. All right, so top 20. Number 20, Rage Against the Machine. Damn. Like, the only band, in my opinion, to blend rap and rock perfectly. 
I mean, I know the Beastie Boys, but the Beastie Boys didn't really blend it because they just did one and then did the other. Like, they didn't blend rap and rock. Rage Against the Machine blends it. Like, it is a rock band with rap vocals. And then also rock vocals, too. Like, like I mean, everybody in that band is incredible. Tom Morello is a genius guitarist. Like, the, the fucking sounds that he was able to come up with, like, doing, like, you know, you get to the point, especially, you know, when you look at, like, Hendrix, Eric Clapton, Jeff Beck, Dimebag, Steve Vai, Joe Satriani, Ingve, like all these guys, and you think, fuck, like what could anybody do that's unique? Like everything's already been done. Uh-uh. Tom Morello, like, did more, like, unique, revolutionary shit than all of those guys put together. <laughs> like, I mean, Hendrix would be the closest because it just, you know, as far as like, not just experimenting with like notes and like progressions and shit, but experimenting with just how, what sounds can I make this fucking hunk of metal and wood and plastic make? And that's what Tom Morello did. Like using the fucking guitar, the chord as an instrument, like, I mean, all kinds of shit. Um, and then there's songs like, are, they're just so fucking aggressive yeah, I don't know. I love aggressive music and like Zach De La Roca's voice on top of that. Cause he's so good at being like a, like a legitimate MC, like no different than like a Chuck D ice cube. Like he has that sound and then can do like these crazy metal vocals and like where he just sounds like he's like ripping his fucking throat out. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Number 19. Come on now. The greatest guitarist of all time. James Marshall Hendrix. Old Jimmy. Man. Like, Jimi Hendrix is... I mean, there's a reason why he is always considered number one. On the great... Like, anytime they list, like, who are the greatest guitarists of all time? He's always number one. And that... There's the reason. Because if you picture yourself in 1967 the most like revolutionary guitarist at the time is like Keith Richards and Eric Clapton who aren't doing anything. That's that crazy. And then here comes fucking Jimi Hendrix. Who's like playing the guitar with his teeth, making these crazy noise, like, like machine gun noises and burning his guitar. Like nobody had ever come close to that. And to be honest, nobody really has like, as far as like, just being that standout. Like, Tom Morello did some, like, crazy shit, but, like, where it just made such an impact. Like, Hendrix and fucking to make three albums. Like, that's it. Like, people forget how, like, short of a career a lot of these people had. Like, Hendrix made three albums. Are You Experienced, uh, Axis Boulder's Love, and what's the other one? Band of Gypsies. I think that's the third one. Yeah, like, that's it. Like, God damn, man. Like, and just, you know, to be some kid who was like the backup guitarist for the Isley brothers and then little Richard and both of them kicked him out. Like little Richard was like, fuck you. Like you're taking up too much like spotlight. And then like the bitter irony is like Jimi Hendrix, you know, was a like horribly shy person. Like, go watch interviews with him, like, specifically the Dick Cavett interview. And you're like, oh, this is like talking to, like, an autistic kid. (laughs) Like, for real, like, he's so shy. 
Like he can't handle compliments, can't handle any of that shit. He does not want to be there, like talking to someone. And I think Jimi Hendrix was partially autistic, at least like an Asperger's level. I mean, you kind of have to be to be just that good and to do things that are so out of the box. Like your brain can't think in like a conventional way or else you would make conventional music. But man, and then sad, he died at 27, which now that I'm 27, I look back at these people like Hendrix and Kirk Cobain and stuff. I'm like, fuck, like that is young, like super young. And Hendrix, like to me, always seemed like he was like 40 years old. And now I'm like, God damn, he was only 27. Anyways, 18, goddamn Slayer. <laughs> yeah, uh, man. Slayer is the most intense band of all time. Like, there's there's no, like, like, so there's this interview, or there was a documentary where they're talking about Slayer and how Lars Ulrich, and I mean, I th- there's quite a few people, it's not just him, but Lars Ulrich specifically, like, kind of shit on Slayer saying that like they painted themselves into a corner and Carrie King the guitarist for Slayer's reaction was a retort was yeah we did and I like my corner like all my friends are in my corner I like the people who are in this corner I have no problem with being in this corner and I was like yes that is how your fucking attitude should be about music is that I don't give two shits if like people think I'm like limited myself, I'm limiting myself or I'm a one note thing, whatever like Slayer, whether you listen to Slayer's first album or their most recent album, it just sounds like Slayer. Like there's no power ballads. <laughs> like there's no, um, fucking feature with, you know, like Lil John or some shit. Like, like it is just Slayer. Every song is a Slayer song, and every album is a Slayer album. Like, that's, like, how... I mean, it's not necessarily how it should be, but I don't understand people who want to just shit on that. Like, if you like Slayer's first album, then what would be the problem with them having ten more of those? (laughs) Like, if you really like them. But then, again, nobody likes Slayer. It's either, fuck that band, or... I fucking love Slayer. And I'm on the ladder. I'm on the... I fucking love this band. Like, I love aggressive, crazy-ass music. And that's about as aggressive and crazy as it gets. Except for the band that's coming up here in a little bit. (laughs) Alright, so number 17, Queen. Quite the uh, deviation from Slayer, but still... Uh, I mean, arguably, I mean, it's hard not to say Freddie Mercury's. Freddie Mercury's definitely the most talented singer of all time. He's just not necessarily my favorite singer of all time. He's in the top three, but I mean, man, like just, okay. And look, and then the movie Bohemian Rhapsody really fucking, I think, does damage to like Queen's legacy because that movie really kind of sucked ass if you want to be honest like it's not that good Rami Malek's not even good in it and he won goddamn the best actor Oscar get the fuck out of here like he's not that good in that movie like if you actually watch interviews with like Freddie Mercury and okay the reason that people think he's good is because people don't know what the fuck Freddie Mercury was like nobody has ever seen nobody ever sees interviews with Freddie Mercury nobody knows what he sounds like like he's not like um 
you know, fucking Bob, or, well, I wouldn't say Bob Dylan, like somebody that like he's seen it, like Ozzy. Like if somebody made a movie about Ozzy, people would be like, uh, it doesn't sound like him. Like everybody knows what Ozzy's voice sounds like. Uh, who the fuck knows what Freddie Mercury's voice sounds like, even though he did a lot of interviews. But like when you go watch these interviews, Rami Malek doesn't sound like him, doesn't act like him. He's just doing a Brit, uh, like a British voice, but it's not Freddie Mercury's voice. Like, it, fuck that movie. And, like, I don't know. I think the best way to have an appreciation of Queen is to watch the actual Live Aid performance. Fuck the, the not the Bohemian Rhapsody version, not nothing else. Like, just go watch on YouTube from start to finish their Live Aid performance. And you'll be like, okay. This is why this band is as big as they are and why you still see 10-year-olds with shirts that say Queen on it. It's because of that fucking performance. Yeah. But he did get a hold of a you know, poison pecker, and that did him in. R.I.P. Freddie Mercury. <laughs> 16. Alice in Chains. If heroin was a band, <laughs> if corn is if meth was a band, and Allison Chains is if heroin was a band, Jesus. Um, I love like bands that have like haunting, like a haunting tone to their music, like something kind of creepy and eerie. Even if their music itself isn't like heavy, like the same with the, like you know Slayer's music is heavy, and it'd be crazy if they were singing about like you know like margaritas at the beach <laughs> like if they had jimmy buffett lyrics it would not fit so like it makes sense that slayer's lyrics are about like blood and rain and like nazi concentration camp doctors and shit like that allison chains has like this creepy vibe and then when you read their lyrics it's like some of the most disturbing lyrics I think the, the ever like listen to dirt and the song is like creepy and you get like a feeling of like, Ugh, like this is, this makes me uncomfortable, blah, blah, blah. But read the lyrics. You're like, holy shit. Like I've never heard a song and read lyrics of a song that are so like graphically about shooting yourself. <laughs> like, you know, any song that's like about like suicide or something, it's always like, you know, metaphorical or whatever you could read into it being about suicide no that song's like i have a gun in my mouth and you're about to scrape like my brains off the walls <laughs> you're like jesus and like somebody needs to check on these fucking dudes and turns out uh that would have been a good idea because i mean lane staley ended up having a fucking heroin overdose uh mike star ended up I don't know. He didn't have a heroin overdose. He did die from like a drug overdose. I mean, half the band died from like drug overdoses. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. 15. So how I was kind of hinting earlier that there's like a more intense band than Slayer. This is this is it. Slipknot. Man. Like this band was like. Like the way that I imagine like kiss hit like people who were you know if you're like eight years old in 1976 and you saw kiss on tv or like an album cover with kiss on it like the way that like that eight-year-old child felt when they were like holy shit 
that is how I felt about Slipknot at like eight years old, like watching MTV. So like, you know, I'd watch MTV and see like the duality, not even the duality, but it was even like before that, like some of the videos from like Iowa, like that album, like, um, I remember they showed, they had this like, uh, Ozfest documentary back in like 2001. And, uh, they were, you know, following around the acts that were part of Ozfest. And I remember whenever they would show Slipknot, I'd be like, fuck, like these masks are so fucking creepy. Like it was like the same way I imagine like kids were like, oh, the makeup is so creepy. Like for Kiss and like wanting to just hear their music because it's like scary and your parents probably didn't want you to listen to it. And I remember my dad being like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, because <laughs> like they just Slipknot, you know, talking, like performing and be like Corey Taylor, like talking. And, you know, at the time, like you didn't realize that Corey Taylor is actually like this like super intelligent like, um, like very well put together dude. Like he just seems like this dude in like a very evil, like satanic looking mask. I remember watching my dad's like, uh, turn this shit off. <laughs> and I was like, all right, now I know that I like this band because my fucking parents do not want me listening to this. But yeah, and then like you dig in deeper and you're like, oh, okay, like Slipknot is incredible. And to have, you know, like, was it nine members and, you know, whether it needs to be or doesn't, who am I to say? But uh, <laughs> I'm glad there are because there's it's just it looks like an army like on stage. Like it's cool whenever there's like that many people and they're all dressed alike because then you're like, oh, it's like it's like watching the Warriors, <laughs> like the movie, the Warriors, like like it makes them seem more intimidating when there's like a big group and they all look alike. You're like, oh, OK, like don't fuck with these dudes. And like that is definitely Slipknot. All right, number 14, Tool. Hell yeah. The only band that I have a tattoo of <laughs> so far, uh, unless you count the uh, Keith Richards tattoo I have on my inner thigh. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. I love this band so much. It's very, um, like, Prague. Like, I mean, I don't really know what happened to progressive rock, like whether, you know, after Rush, it kind of just faded out. But Tool definitely is like the closest thing to like the continuation of like Rush, uh, Emerson, Lake and Palmer, Frank Zappa, Genesis, like that whole style, like Tool and Primus for sure, like the two bands. Um, but fuck man, like tool is such an amazing band. Like, like I love bands where just every piece needs to be there and it's the perfect sound. Like all four members of that band are the perfect people. And Danny Carey is by far one of the greatest drummers ever. Like just such a fucking interesting, like very technical but doesn't sound like it's tech like i don't know it's tool is this is pointless because tool is fucking impossible to describe you just have to listen to them and if you like them then you love them if you don't get it then you're like fuck this band and uh, whatever all right 13 of another very polarizing band but uh, everybody went through a phase with this band, I imagine. Um, the Doors. <laughs> I definitely went through a Doors phase hard. <laughs> Senior year of high school, I really believed I was Jim Morrison. <laughs> I used to watch the movie like 
on a weekly basis. I grew my hair out because I had the theory that I would probably look kind of like him if I got skinny and like grew my hair out. And so I did. And eh, so, kind of somewhat looked like him, like an ugly version of him. <laughs> Man, like I, yeah, I went through a Doris phase hard, but I just, and now like I go back and listen to him like, fuck, like this band is incredible. Like, it's there's something about the way that they sound that's just so unique like and maybe it has to do with just that they don't have a bass player like i don't know it doesn't fit like the status quo for like a typical rock band you know it's ray manzarek playing a bass keyboard on top of his like organ maybe that's what it is i don't know but and then like robbie krieger's guitar playing is just kind of it's like all their like them as musicians the three actual musicians are all very like classic classically trained like john densmore was super into like bossa nova type beats and robbie krieger was into like learned like flamenco guitar playing and raymond zarek was like a jazz slash classic pianist like like there's very a lot of like technical proficiency for the band but then you add in this fucking hedonist like shaman fucking just like a dude that doesn't even seem like he was born. <laughs> like I don't, I, I can't picture Jim Morrison as a child. Like I, I picture him just like walking out of the desert somewhere and then just like being in a band. <laughs> like there's just something very mesmerizing about like, it's like Jim Morrison's whole fucking thing, like his stage presence, like is like his lyrics, like they're all just like, like, and then you, you know, you have to like kind of put yourself in the scene, like put yourself like, what was the time like? And the doors, I mean, coming out in like 67, like their debut album, self-titled debut album came out in 67. And so you think like, all right, what was huge then? I mean, it was like the mamas and the papas, um, you know, what's the song like sugar, sugar, honey, honey, you know, like the, from the Archies, like a lot of very like, you know, bubblegum pop that was considered rock, like Sonny and Cher, like all this shit was big. Like, um, and then you have this like guy coming out who's like calling himself the lizard King and fucking making songs about, about killing people about like raping his mom and killing his dad, like making just fucking bananas songs and screaming like this, like weird fucking primal scream. Um, and doing like these weird dances, like very like native American dancing. And like, like I just like, it's hard. It's easy for us to look at it now and go, Oh, okay. Yeah, it's cool. Like Jim Morrison's like a, a rock star, but like, I don't think we, we can picture it because we weren't there. Like that, like, no, this dude was like, like a fucking, like a whole nother thing. Like it wasn't even like a rock star. It was like a, like, there's never been another person like Jim Morrison ever. And probably never will be. There've been people who have mimicked him for sure. Like Michael Hutchins from NXS is doing a complete Jim Morrison ripoff. Like there's been those people, but no, there's never been another Jim Morrison. And even the way he like everything about him is like a weird mystery. Like even how he died, like. I mean, he died at 27 from heart failure, which 
I mean, that's fucking suspicious. And people say that like, oh, well, he just had a heroin overdose. But then at the people said like his wife said, well, no, we weren't doing heroin. He was just drinking a lot. But how much do you how much fucking whiskey do you have to drink to die of heart failure? Like, it's got to be a lot, especially at 27. And that they didn't even do an autopsy on him because he died in Paris. And apparently, like at the time in Paris, if you, if there was no foul play expected, then they didn't do autopsies. Which, that seems weird. Like, everything about it's strange. Like, yeah, I don't know. Jim Morrison is like, when I think of what a rock star is, that's who I think of, is fucking Jim Morrison. All right, number 12, the Rolling Stones. So, definitely the most, like, consistent band of all time. I mean, you know, to be over, to have come out over 50 years ago, and you're still around with damn near the same lineup. Like, I mean, Brian Jones, one of the original band members, died in like the, I think in like 68. But aside from him, it's pretty much been the same lineup the entire like 50 years. And then, of course, you know, it's like the standard, what I don't know, what you like a trope of having the energetic lead singer front man and then the brooding talented guitarist like songwriter uh whether it's aerosmith you know people say that about like joe perry and steven tyler but that shit comes from mick jagger and keith richards like that whole idea and like and they they, they do not get along like all <laughs> all that shit but yeah fucking rolling stones man all right number 11 metallica I mean, I know people shit on Metallica and like true metal fans are not Metallica fans. Fuck off. Metal wouldn't be shit without Metallica. Like it wouldn't. It would have died off because those bands that were like not Metallica would not have carried that fucking genre. Like Metallica kept it going and kept new people getting into into metal like. I mean, and people say they want that they sold out. And you know, look, I agree with like Slayer's whole thing of like, um, sure, I'll pay myself in a corner. I like my corner, but I also get Metallica's thing of like, like let's do something else. Like, how many, how fast can we possibly play <laughs> before we just start redoing the same songs over and over? Like, I get that. And for what it's worth, the Black Album I think is still a fucking good album, even though people who are diehard metal fans say, "Oh, fuck the Black Album," like that album sucks. Like, no, it doesn't suck. It's just not what you wanted it to be. It's like you wanted Metallica to be heavier, but I mean. The, like that's I don't know like that's not really like a great goal to be like oh I'm just gonna see how how heavy and how fast we can make our music fuck that alright number 10 Van Halen man this is like probably the most recent like death that tore me up fucking Eddie Van Halen I remember like <laughs> when he died like I was like fuck i Today is a day that I don't do shit but listen to Van Halen. And I did. I hung out with a friend, and all we did was, like, rip cigs in his honor <laughs> and fucking jam Van Halen. Be like, dude, like, 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 God is dead. Like, that was the feeling. We were like, fuck, like, Eddie Van Halen. Like, I mean, look, I know Hendrix is, like, the god of guitar playing. But my favorite, like just out of personal favorite, my favorite guitarist of all time is Eddie Van Halen. 
like if if I could be able to like you know I'm a pretty shit guitarist uh, I mean I just kind of like piddle around a little bit but like if I could play like any guitarist fuck yeah Eddie Van Halen like there's no one even that even comes close in that in that thought like in that hypothetical like I fuck man Eddie Van Halen was a god and then you know, and and another thing, like, is an unpopular, but I guess not really unpopular because they sold more albums than Sammy Hagar. So this whole idea that like nobody liked them without David Lee Roth is clearly not true because they were more successful than fucking Sammy Hagar. Um, personally, like my opinion on that is that David Lee Roth is by far that is Van Halen. Like when I think of Van Halen, I don't think of Sammy Hagar Van Halen. I think of David Lee Roth. Like the original, like him as a front man, fucking running with the devil, uh, you know, I'm the one like that's the shit I think of. But you cannot count out the fucking Sammy Hagar, Van Hagar era. Like those songs are incredible, like dreams, um, fucking right now when it's love, like like all those songs are so goddamn good like i you cannot discredit fucking sammy hagar and sammy hagar is a way better singer sammy hagar has one of the greatest voices like here again one of the greatest voices but he really does like with just having so much power like power and control when some when a singer can do both i mean they fucking got me like like whenever i hear um the song dreams like whenever it like really gets into it like towards the end of the song shit if i was a chick i'd be sliding off this chair after hearing that shit (laughs) hey man fucking van halen all right so number nine uh very apropos uh number nine is nine inch nails (laughs) which i actually did not plan and i didn't even notice that until uh someone pointed it out to me but um yeah man like nine inch nails is like basically makes they make well not they it's really just Trent Reznor makes music for serial killers (laughs) like whenever I imagine like what music like a serial killer listens to or like what music is playing while they're like you know cutting someone's skin and shit that's what I think of is fucking Nine Inch Nails the Downward Spiral album uh, specifically like I mean it probably has a lot to do with Seven because that is like closer to the song playing in the credits but man like and then really i mean it is a band and they're called nine inch nails but it's trent Reznor. like get it i mean you can't really like discredit it and say like oh well it's a band it's not really a band it's fucking trent Reznor, which is so much more impressive because like not only is he playing the guitar the drums the bass like everything but the fucking like and I'm not like a huge fan of like electronic music. Like I hate EDM. I hate like that rave bullshit and techno. Like, but fuck the way that Trent Reznor is able to do, like to incorporate electronics into being the main instrument of their of the songs is really incredible. Like it's very like him taking off from what like Depeche Mode was doing, but amping it up to like a thousand. 
like you can see the influence but you don't hear it like they i mean you don't you don't hear depeche mode in nine inch nails unless you listen to like pretty hate machine their first album you're like oh okay like i see like they're coming it's like very um what's the depeche mode album um violator violator so it's very like it has like that violator sound but then like quickly shifts into like another gear like whenever they when uh, the album has wish and last like that album and then downward spiral the um what's it called the fragile is it that's not the name of the album is it the one after downward spiral is it the fragile yeah maybe um with teeth that album like they're oh man they're so fucking good and like yeah it's just it appeals to my uh goth sensibilities like you know embarrassing to admit but fuck it all right we're getting close number eight pink floyd yeah like <laughs> i mean i know i've been saying like if drugs were a band blah blah blah. if paranoid schizophrenia <laughs> was a band uh, that's who it'd be pink floyd um yeah i mean you know r.i.p to sid barrett and it's tragic all that shit but had he not have like gone off the deep end and became a fucking mental patient and having fucking schizophrenia, who knows? I mean, they never would have made that music because all those albums like dark side of the moon, the wall, all that shit's basically just based on wish you were here. Like all that's based on Sid Barrett having a mental breakdown, man, Pink Floyd is amazing. And then, you know, you cannot, the fact that dark side of the moon was on the billboard top 100, for 714 weeks is insane which beats second place by like 700 or by like 600 weeks <laughs> like there's never even been a band like a, an album that even comes close seven that's like 13 years that they were on the bill that that album was on the billboard top 100 charts like that is amazing and i got to see roger waters do the wall live and it was incredible and I've never had a contact high that made me feel like I was going to lose my fucking mind except for that show. I remember like they did an intermission because, you know, playing the whole album front to back and like I was feeling it. And then I remember going into the bathroom being like, "Pooh, something's wrong. <laughs> and I remember looking in the mirror thinking like, can you get a contact high from like acid? Because that's what this kind of feels like. <laughs> Man. All right, number seven. Ugh, it's a little uh, controversial now, but it should have been controversial any time, but people are such pussies now. Number seven, Marilyn Manson. <laughs> I know this one kind of does not fit as far as like what most people would imagine in a top 100, but Marilyn Manson is like a hero to me as a kid. Like, I was a super weird kid, still am. Now I'm just a weird adult. But, like, as a weird kid who, like, doesn't fit in with people, doesn't really have friends, like, Marilyn Manson, like, is, like, the guy where you're like, oh, there's hope. Because <laughs> this dude's super weird and looks way weirder than I do. Yet he's, like, yeah, everybody loves him. And he's, like, married to, like, they're dating these, like, hot-ass women. Like, so Marilyn Manson gives you, like, hope that, like, oh, okay, like, you're like it, I'm I'm not that bad off <laughs> and yeah I just man like everything about him like it was just fucking fascinating to me as a kid his songs were amazing like the lyrics are amazing and that he was like hyper intelligent 
And, you know, I've already talked to nauseam about, like, the whole controversy and shit. But, you know what? Fuck off. Like, Marilyn Manson will always be, like, a childhood hero to me. And is an adulthood hero to me. Like, I don't give a fuck. And his, his music is, like, yeah, it's cliche to say, but it's helped me out through a lot of shit. And I'm not going to stop listening to it just because of some fucking woke keyboard warrior bullshit. <laughs> All right, number six, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, like, so I've seen this band twice uh, in concert so far, and both times were amazing. Like, another band who sounds incredible live. I mean, I've seen Marilyn Manson live. I actually saw them together, Marilyn Manson and Smashing Pumpkins. Um, but, God, Smashing Pumpkins are just, like, perfect live. Like, they, they hit everything perfect. Billy Corgan has – it's a voice that you either love or hate. Like, there's no, like – middle ground you know like eh, it's all right no like you either like i hate his voice or you're like me and think it's amazing you think it like like when it when a voice fits the sound then it doesn't matter like if it's you know if he was singing like slayer songs <laughs> it probably wouldn't fit um if he was singing like whitney houston music then it probably wouldn't fit but it fits smashing pumpkins um so yeah, I mean, everything on like Siamese Dream, that album, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, like everything that Smashing Pumpkins have done is amazing to me. All right, number five, Mr. David Bowie. Definitely the greatest musician turned actor. Unless you count Will Smith. I don't know if I count Will Smith because nobody really gave it. Well, the people, I guess, did give a shit when he was a musician. But okay, fine. Second best musician turned actor, <laughs> David Bowie. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't beat David Bowie. Like, I mean, the, to reinvent yourself like 15 different times and every one of those times be amazing is no easy feat. So, I mean, yeah, everything about David Bowie is fucking impressive. Like every phase, like there's the Ziggy Stardust phase, the like where he's, what they call him? The pale, the pale, fuck, the pale shit. There was like another name for him, like that they called him, like after Ziggy Stardust, um, the Pale White Duke. Is that what it is? The Pale White Duke? Yeah, something like that, where he's wearing like the blue suit and had the blonde hair and shit. Like, yeah, like all those phases. Like the songs are amazing. Like Gene Genie and I mean, obviously Ziggy Stardust. Like all those songs from like Diamond Diamond Dogs and yeah, like Aladdin Sane, like. The Heroes album is, is incredible. Like, yeah, David Bowie. All right, number four, who I, this is the person I think is the greatest single musician of all time. So obviously this is like a band countdown. So like I couldn't put them as like the greatest band, but just as a specific person as a musician, Elton John. I like it. And I get that he didn't write his lyrics and, you know, that may knock him off to certain people, but I think it makes him more impressive. Because the way he would do it is just they wouldn't even be in the same fucking room. Like, um, he would like the guy that wrote the lyrics. What's his fucking name? God damn it, man! My memory is horrible. Um, damn, who wrote Elton John's lyrics? Anyways, um, he would like write the lyrics and then like fax them to Elton John and Elton John would just go to his fax machine, pick him up and go, oh, okay. And then just like immediately improvise the song, like with no preparation, he never practiced. Like it was just like, boop, here's the song. And then that's it. 
was like, that is fucking, like, he's a savant. Like, you know, I mean, like, basically the mu- music version of Rain Man. <laughs> and his movie was better than Bohemian Rhapsody. Rocket Man was a, an incredible movie and fucking way better than Bohemian Rhapsody. But yeah, Elton John is. And then, you know, the Lion King soundtrack. Holy shit. Like, that soundtrack is so fucking good. Like, it's the greatest, I think, the greatest movie soundtrack of all time. Like, not just Disney, like, just of any movie ever made. <laughs> all right, number three. Definitely the biggest band of all time, but they're number three on my list. The Beatles. Yeah, I mean, it is hard not to put them at number one because, I mean, just look at, like, the records, everything. Like, you know, they had four number one singles, at the, or they had the top four songs all at the same time. They've had, I think, still have the record for most number one singles. They've sold more albums than any other band of all time or artist. Um, and they did this all before they turned 30. <laughs> I mean, the Beatles broke up before any of them turned 30, which is fucking wild. I mean, to like, good Lord. Like they were, I mean, they broke, they were around from what, 60 two to 70 for eight years and did and had like what 30 number one songs like some crazy number like i mean just if you're going off stats they're michael jordan like it's it's they're wayne gretzky really because wayne gretzky there is no close second like i mean it's and then you take all their solo shit which i don't really i try not to take into account for like this but Still, I mean, the it just proves that, like, had they stuck together, that shit would have kept going forever. And there's no telling how many number one songs they would have had if they didn't break up. And they would have, like, still used the songs that, like, they had all done solo. Because all of them had amazing solo careers. Not even just, like, Paul McCartney or John Lennon. George Harrison, Ringo. Like, they all had massive solo careers. So, and... It is true, as John Lennon said, that they are bigger than Jesus. <laughs> All right, number two, Black Sabbath. Yeah, it's hard not to. You got to have Sabbath in the top five for any list. But yeah, I had them at number two. Like I, I mean, as I said, I think Judas Priest is the first like hundred percent metal band. But as far as just like creating metal and like the metal sound, even though it is like a lot of blues influence. It's Sabbath for sure. Like, it, I mean, no band had ever made horror music <laughs> before Sabbath. Like, nobody had ever written songs about the devil. And not, unless it was in like a, like, which I don't even know if the Charlie Daniels song came out, like, that one down to Georgia. That might have even came out after Sabbath. But, like, any song that had talked about the devil was like, oh, like, it was like either like a blue song where it's like, oh, uh, like, I'm going to beat the devil like that kind of shit. No, what Black Sabbath was like the devil spreading his wings and he's going to come kill you <laughs> like Jeepers Creepers. Like they're like Black Sabbath's music is terrifying. It's still terrifying. Their album cover for their first album is terrifying because the backstory, nobody knows who the woman is who looks like kind of like a witch, but nobody knows who that is. Like shit, everything about Sabbath is fucking creepy, but, but it came out of like, you know, like they were labeled as like Satanists and all this shit, which turns out to not be true. They just, they started off as like a, a regular, like 60s hippie band called Earth. And you can actually find some of the acetate um, tapes 
from when they when they were called Earth, and it is hilarious. Like it's still good. Like it's actually pretty good, but it's it's hippie rock. And um, one day they were driving around, they saw this line of people waiting out of a movie theater, and they're like, "Damn, what movie are they going to see?" And it was a horror movie. And they were like, oh, like, that's what we need to do because horror sells. People pay to get scared. And that's when they decided, like, all right, we're going to start making horror music. So as simple as that. But, I mean, thank God they did because, I mean, Black Sabbath is just such a fucking good band. And all right, here we go. Number one went from 100. Now we're here to number one. I'm sure. I wonder if anybody's guessed it by now. I'm sure they probably have. But if you haven't. Led Zeppelin, hell yeah! I mean, I, it's a cle- it's a bit of a cliche. I mean, compared to, it's either the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. Um, but fuck, man, like it's like I, like there's the way that it was summed up best was there was a magazine. I don't I don't remember if it was Rolling Stone or Cream or it was some like music magazine did a poll one time where they were going to try to create the the best super group of all time. And so they had people vote who you think the best singer is, who you think the best guitarist is, who you think the best drummer is, who you think the best bass player is. And they would take the number ones from each of those instruments and create the world's greatest supergroup. Well, number the number one singer was Robert Plant, number two guitarist was Jimmy Page, number three drummer or number uh one drummer was John Bonham and number one bass player was John Paul Jones. So Led Zeppelin got voted the <laughs> the greatest supergroup of all time. That sums it up best. Like they are it's arguably to say that they are the best at each of their instruments of all time. Like, I mean, I don't personally think because I think Eddie Van Halen's the greatest guitarist of all time. And like, I think Neil Peart's the best drummer, but like there's no weak spot in that band. Like everybody is there. Like everybody's a fucking all-star on that team. It, it's like having the goddamn, like it's like how the Brooklyn nets are now <laughs> or how the Celtics were back in like, you know, 2000, what, 2012, like, it is like an all-star team that just happened to be a regular band. Like it was not a super group. I mean, Jimmy Page was in a band before that. He was in the Yardbirds, but like, I mean, nobody else was in a band before that. Like, and then you fucking look at it and you're like, dude, Robert Plant was 17 when they recorded that first album. Like what fucking 17 year old sounds like that now? Anyway, I mean, it goes back to my theory that people aged way differently in the sixties and seventies, but yeah, I mean, Led Zeppelin invented arena rock. They were the first band to really, like, sell out stadiums full-time. I mean, the Beatles sold out, like, Shea Stadium, but the Beatles only did, like, two tours, and that was it. Then they just never played live again. Like, Led Zeppelin consistently, for their entire careers, were selling out stadiums and arenas. Like, I mean, like, they're and every song, like, is about, is, like, this formula of, like, it's either, like, Lord of the Rings references or, like, Vikings or, like, sex. <laughs> it's, like, basically Game of Thrones. Like, every song that they have is basically, like, an episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, you you cannot beat fucking Led Zeppelin. There's no band better than Led Zeppelin. Like, it's, it's, it's who, like, when I think of rock, like a rock band, when somebody's like, oh, think of, like, if nobody, if somebody didn't know what rock and roll was, like some guy in like some tribe in you know, New Guinea or something that never heard rock music, he was like, show them a rock band. It'd be Led Zeppelin. 
It would have to be Led Zeppelin. Like, you couldn't show them the Beatles because the Beatles could, like, you'd be like, oh, it's kind of pop. You couldn't show them Sabbath because it's a little too heavy. It would be, like, more like metal. But they wanted to know what is rock and roll. It's Led Zeppelin for sure. But, yeah, so there you go. Number one, Led Zeppelin, and that ends the list. So tell me what you thought. If you disagree, agree, whatever your opinions are, be sure to email them to uh, mindfulmayhempod at gmail.com. If any reviews are funny enough, then uh, I'll read them out on the next episode. But, yeah, and then be uh, stay tuned to the wrap-up show. So did a wrap-up show with uh, – my boy Nathan Shredelman and uh, our friend John David Ritchie. So that'll be coming out after this. So stay tuned. Well, I guess you just have to be prepared to die. Well, what? Pay attention. Get off your cell phones. Pay attention.